Welcome back, fiction fans, to my podcast, Not Just Any Other Story. This is Anita Capri, and I'm so happy you joined us here today to continue with the shopping cart people. Um, So I wanted to introduce my guest for today. As you know, we do have a guest or two every week. So today's guest is Julia. So welcome, Julia. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. A little nervous, but excited. (laughs) Nothing to be nervous about because, and you'll, you'll see how easy it is when we start gabbing. It'll just, the words will just come. (laughs) I'll forget the mics here. (laughs) You will. I just, I have to tell you, I'm I'm really happy Julia is here with us today because Julia is a perfect person to have as a guest to talk about the characters and this story, because from the moment we are, we met because our, we worked together to an extent in our careers and um, we got to know each other quite well. And from the moment I got to know you, I, well, from even from my first meeting with you, it was like, you just get a feeling from you. You know how people have this aura sometimes and yours was energy, positivity, just a really fun, energetic feeling. You're just that kind of person to be around. So um, that's, I guess, why we're friends. Yes. <laughs> And and I felt the same thing too. Thank I you. felt like when it, from the moment I first met you, yeah, I thought you know you were warm and open and kind and um, made me feel welcomed. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, from it's that important. Part. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And, so that's uh, yeah. why I thought, like, I'm really happy that you wanted to be a guest oh, because I think you'll have some great insights and and um, you know. Let's just get started, I guess. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Thank you, Julia. So we finished off with chapter five when Eddie Bickner, the neighbor, uh, came over and tried to borrow a bottle of wine from Angel. Mm -hmm. And I know that you've read as well. I know that you read the book before. Yes. But you've reread reread it. it. So it's important to do that because you forget things. So um, we are going to start chapter six. It's called Cheatin' Charlie. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We're going to talk about it later, but there's some interesting titles of chapters. This one's Cheatin' Charlie. So here we go. Mornings were never my thing. No matter what time I went to bed, I still had a hard time getting up the next day. And this particular morning was no exception. With the jumble of recent events spinning around in my head for the second night in a row, I had barely slept when the radio alarm went off, blasting a familiar but menacing Sarah McLaughlin tune. Of course, it had to be I Will Remember You of all songs. I looked up at the ceiling as if she were singing it to me herself in person, hanging from the light fixture, taunting me about remembering you-know-who. Okay, okay, I get it, I said, and flicked the button on the clock radio to off. I jumped out of bed, jolting both body and mind into submission. Harry usually woke up a little later in the summer, but I could already hear the muffled sounds of the television down the hall. A half hour later, I was rushing into the kitchen, brushing my hair with one hand and trying to do up the last button on my blouse with the other. You're up early today, Harry, I said as I peeked into the family room. Harry, who was riveted to the television screen, didn't answer. I paused to consider his expression, and when he noticed I was standing there, he turned to look at me. I noticed he had dark circles under his eyes and wondered if he had slept at all. Everything okay, I asked. Turning back to the television, he said, yeah, just couldn't sleep. I knew he wasn't his usual chipper self, but I didn't want to press him, so I asked him instead if he wanted to come into the clinic to help out. He had been a godsend the last few weeks, answering phones for us and amusing the animals and the pet owners when we were behind schedule. 
Not today, Mom, if that's okay, but I'll come tomorrow if you like. It was obvious that he just wanted to be alone. It was, after all, the last week of summer vacation, so when he turned his attention back to the television, I took my cue in proper form and left for work without another word. As I pulled out of the driveway, I thought about the fact that Harry would be starting high school in just a few days, and then wondered how the years had crept by so quickly. I didn't feel like a mother who could have a child in grade nine. I could remember being there myself as clearly as if it were yesterday. For the whole drive to work, I kept thinking about how our moods so often coincided. He truly was my son, through and through. Just as I took pride at the thought, the image of Les's smiling face came to mind. There was no doubt that Harry had his father's devious smile. I noticed the perfect sky, not a cloud in it. My mind begged for such clarity. My thoughts drifted back to Harry. He had worn the familiar contemplative pout on his face, yet another habit he had inherited from me. He would stick his bottom lip out and wrinkle his nose as if there was some putrid odor in the room. <laughs> I knew it well. When I would do the same thing growing up, my father in particular would ask, always ask why I look so mad. I could never understand why he always asked me that. Unlike me, though, Harry liked to be alone with his troubles whereas I sought out the company of others for comfort. Perhaps this retreating tactic was a trait he had taken from his father. The sudden honking of a car horn beside me diverted my attention back to the road, and I realized that I had attempted to change lanes without checking in my mirror. Consequently, I didn't notice the car that had come up quickly on my left. This daydreaming business was dangerous stuff. I turned up the radio and tried to remove all such serious thoughts from my head for the rest of the drive, at least until I got to work. I was sadly mistaken when I arrived at the clinic. There was no time for worrying or daydreaming about anything personal. A couple of emergencies had come up. One dog swallowed some washer fluid, which he seemed to cure himself of once he threw up all over the waiting room. Another dog had its front paw run over by a car in the driveway. Over the years, this seemed to be a common occurrence. I couldn't understand why so many pets got injured in their owner's driveways. Since we had not yet hired a receptionist, my partner Melissa, or Mel for short, was out at the reception desk most of the day. It was a payback for the previous day when she was in such a tizzy about her good-for-nothing, lying, cheating, asshole of a fiancé. Apparently, her boyfriend and future husband Charlie of three years had been seeing another woman for the last six months. What can I say? In Mel's case, love really was blind. She was ready to call the wedding off, though there had never been a set date. As a result, Cam, my other partner and comic relief and our little threesome, took care of her patients while she was at home, trying to work things out with her Charlie. I was busy with my own patients out at the front desk, which all of us had been taking turns at since we opened. We really do need to get a receptionist, Cam had said at the end of the day when we finally had time to sit down. Hey, why don't we call up her good-for-nothing lying asshole of a fiancé and ask him if he wants a job? That would really make this place the most exciting animal hospital around, I said laughing. Seriously, though, we need to hire someone soon, he said, suddenly changing his tone. I don't know how Cam did it, but one moment he could be joking and turning on his comic charm, and at the turn of a hat, he would be totally introspective. Sometimes I would think he was doing this as a joke to confuse me, but over time I'd become accustomed to knowing when he was putting me on and when he was in get-down-to-business mode. We will, I assured him, but whoever we hire, she's got to be right. Or he, he replied, disciplining me with his expression. Fine, or he, I answered, but if we hire a guy, he'd have to be really cute and definitely not as bossy as you. I tried to hide a smile, but failed miserably. 
Cam was grinning, and I thought to myself that despite his annoying habit of reading my thoughts before I could even get them out of my mouth, he could be very charming. We had already interviewed a few candidates for the job, but they just didn't seem the animal-loving type, and we had all agreed that whoever worked with us had to love animals, especially cats. We were all cat lovers at heart. As I sat in the back office recalling the previous day's conversation with Cam, Mel walked in and plopped herself on the end of the large steel desk. Cam had already gone out to check on the young female pup that was recovering from her afternoon surgery. Mel yawned with a slow, whining sound. I'm zonked, she said. Are you imitating our patients now, Mel? I asked, convinced that she sounded like a real dog when she yawned. Sorry, Angel, I was up talking to Charlie until at least two in the morning. And did you work things out or did you tell him to take a hike? I asked, already knowing what the answer would be. Well, she hesitated. He's staying for now, but he's on trial. Mel, he cheated on you for six months, maybe more. Do you really think he's done now just because you found out? I knew I had probably said what she had already told herself a hundred times over. I love him, Angel. I don't know. I've invested more than three years in this relationship and I just can't throw it away. Her eyes searched mine, looking for some sign of approval. How can you love someone you can't trust? I asked, realizing that I was now talking in cliches. Do you know what a catch you are? And she was, too. Contrary to the stereotype, Mal was the smartest bleach blonde I knew. Kind, an animal lover, and a great dresser. So pretty, too. Sometimes I looked at Mel and thought, what would my life be like if I looked like her? Mel smiled at me, then bent over and gave me a hug, saying, thank you for your advice. I know you just want me to be happy. Then she hurried out of the room, passing Cam in the doorway as he walked in. So, she's staying with that hairy bastard, he asked. <laughs> And that is the end of chapter six. Yeah. 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 Mel, eh? Mel. I yeah. like Mel. I like her too. Yeah. She's and forgiving. Not, yeah, forgiving. That can be a good quality. Yeah. And and I wonder, you know, think knowing that Angel probably hasn't had very many relationships yeah. and was very young and yeah. got pregnant and really yeah. got her youth taken away from her yeah. and, and the the normal, you know, dating and yeah. learning about relationships. It's, uh, I wonder, you know, if she really understands Mel. Yeah. For staying with, Good point. with this guy, right? I wonder if she really, yeah. what she... She hasn't had maybe that experience, yeah. right? Yeah. She actually has had little experience. Yeah. Because it sounds like she's been a great mom, like taking care of Harry. Yeah. Right? Trying yeah. to build her and career. And trying to go, yeah. Build her yeah. career for and sure. take care of Harry. For sure. You know. Well, I, so anyway, the next, I love the, the title of the next chapter. I'm going to let you read this chapter, Julia. Oh, okay. Are you okay with that? <laughs> sure. Okay. 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 <laughs> Let's try. Speeding up, slowing down, growing up, growing old. Wow. That's a great one. Yeah. And you'll see why. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so chapter seven. Uh, by the time I arrived home later than usual, Harry seemed to be in better spirits and had cooked a frozen pizza for dinner. Your half of the pizza is still in the oven, Mom, he announced as he heard the side door open. Oh, Harry, I explained. That exclaimed. That is exactly what I need right now. A big hunk of pizza. Thanks. I joined him on the couch with my gourmet meal and a Diet Coke, hoping he would be more willing to tell me what was on his mind. I hesitated to broach the subject. So how was your day? Okay, he answered. He tried to hide a timid smile. Something you want to share? 
It appeared that he would barely he could barely contain his happiness. No, nothing to share. So he was going to keep me in suspense. You sure? Mom, I'm okay. Everything's okay. Don't worry. It's just normal teenager stuff. Only Harry could get away with a comment so wise and so endearing. I let it go and ate the rest of my pizza in silence while we both watched reruns of the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour. The rest of the week was very hectic. It felt like I was just going from one moment to the next with little time to think about anything else but what was in front of me. Aside from work, there was the busy business of getting Harry ready for his first week of high school. There were school supplies to be bought and schedules to be picked up, but Harry had seen to most of that already showing me that he was perfectly capable of taking care of these uh, petty details. Uh, I felt disappointed in a way that he wasn't more dependent on me. He did at least allow me to go with him to the mall to get a few items of clothing, two pairs of jeans, a hoodie, and some new socks and underwear, which, of course, I picked out while he was taking a gander at iPods and cell phones in the electronics shop. Labor Day weekend finally arrived. By Friday evening, I was completely finished. I felt a little guilty that I had not planned a special weekend away with Harry since I didn't have to go into work on Saturday. But Harry didn't seem bothered in the least about our lack of plans. His thoughts were elsewhere, dealing with that normal teenager stuff. It was my first full weekend off since the clinic had opened. Cam, Mel, and I had originally decided that we would take turns working Saturdays, but this idea had been short-lived when we realized how much work had to be done. There had been no breaks for eight weeks, so Cam had insisted that Mel and I have some time off for the long weekend. He would work Saturday and his younger sister would come in to help him. He loved animals, she loved animals, and was hoping to be a vet someday herself. This gave me three days of freedom since we were closed Sunday and Monday was a holiday. All emergencies would be directed to the emergency animal hospital nearby. I met Moira, Moira right after work at a local coffee house for a bite to eat. Harry would be at swimming practice and then at a friend's place watching a movie. So it had turned into a girl's night out. She was a bit late arriving, which was perfectly fine with me, as it afforded me some quiet time to myself, time to think about Les Grierson. I closed my eyes and pictured his green eyes and his dark hair, chestnut and brown that was short, cut short now, in contrast to the longer wavy locks he wore in high school. Hey, wake up, Moira's voice abruptly interrupted my reverie. I wasn't sleeping, I corrected her. I was daydreaming. daydreaming. Yes, I noticed that pouty look on your face. Did I interrupt a good one? Yes, you did, as a matter of fact, but I forgive you. Moira didn't say anything for a moment, waiting for me to share my secret daydream. When she realized I wasn't going to tell her anything, she began to give me a play-by-play -play of her day at work, which entailed meetings, plannings for a new school year, and setting up her classroom. Moira was a teacher and worked mostly with children who had special needs. She was perfect for this. Her manner and patience with kids were exceptional, though I had an inkling it was her quirky, fun side that made her students love her so much. I always joked with her about how immature she was for her age, she loved to party and talk about guys or Hollywood gossip like the girls in the high school. Nobody could guess would guess how old she was, and she took great delight in fooling people, making each new acquaintance think she was still in her early 40s. 
When the odd person did guess her age, she got completely out of sorts. <laughs> Once she had come over to my place just to tell me that one of her students had asked her what it was like growing up in the Second World War. <laughs> did I look like, do I look like I'm over 65? She asked. Poor Mora. Clearly she'd been insulted. Don't be ridiculous I, ridiculous, I assured her. Kids that age don't know about time and age. They probably think World War II was 20 years ago. Trust me. You don't look a day over 50. Considering that she was just 52 years old, she'd given me that resigned look and quickly changed the subject. Despite this one little vanity clause in her personality, Moira was one of the most confident, take-charge women I knew. Who knows what great feats I would have accomplished had she been my teacher in those early days of adolescence. Hey, she said, barely able to contain her excitement at a night out on the town. Do you want to go to see a movie tonight? I haven't been to a movie theater in so long. Then maybe we could go out for a drink to that new pub, Fox and Fiddle, or was it Father's Fiddle? <laughs> I didn't want to disappoint her, but I was so exhausted. I knew if I were to go out to a movie, I wouldn't make it past the advertisements. As I was about to give Moira my excuses, Harry strolled into the cafe with his arm around a girl, a pretty brunette with big brown eyes. My mouth dropped open. Moira, I gasped. Harry just came in with a girl. She started to turn around to look for herself. Don't look. He might see us. Quick, get your menu up in front of your face. What? Just do it. I don't want him to see us. I felt almost frantic. Luckily, he had sat down at the opposite end of the little restaurant. Why not go over and introduce yourself to this hot, to his hot little date? What? I whispered. I could barely hear her with the menu in front of her face. I said, she began more loudly this time, shh, he might hear us. Let's just go. Just then the waitress came to our table to take our order. After quickly explaining our dilemma to her, she took us out to the back door for the ca of the cafe, all the while blocking the view in case Harry should look in our direction. I was able to catch one last glimpse of him and his date. They actually made a cute couple. Harry, with his mop of dirty blonde hair, fine features, and tall, slim frame, was holding his dark-haired creature who boasted her own unique beauty. He looked so innocent and so grown up at the same time. I noticed that same shy smile that he wore with the other night when he wouldn't tell me about his normal teenager stuff. And this was what he was talking about. Harry had a girlfriend. My baby, my Harry, had a girlfriend. After that, I really wasn't in the mood to go out, so Moira and I just went to my place and made a quick pasta dish. Opening up the last bottle of my favorite Merlot, I tried to act cool, to pretend it wasn't a big deal. Moira was babbling on about one thing or another. I could barely keep up with her. Hey, she said. She, she shook my shoulder, noticing that I wasn't really listening. Little Miss Pensive, are you brooding? I'm not brooding. Yes, you are. You have that look. You're pouting. I'm just, I don't know what I'm feeling. I just, and then the tears began to stream down my face in an uncontrollable gush of emotion. What is it, Mara asked, her voice softening. I just, well, Harry's growing up and he's going to leave. He's leaving? Moira looked confused. Where is he going? Is he going somewhere? Well, yes, sometime, I sniffled. Sometime he's going away. Sometime? You realize, don't you, that... He is only 14 years old. 
He, poor Mora, had to wait for me to regain my grip on reality. He has a girlfriend now, I explained, and then he'll be off to school in a few years and he'll leave. What if he gets married? I'm going to be alone, Moira. Do you realize that? Moira gave me one of her sympathetic hugs and held me for a few minutes while I dispelled the rest of my tears on her shoulder. She really was the best friend a woman could have. You will never be alone, Angel, unless you're planning to ship me off in a crate somewhere. Moira's words were comforting, and I couldn't help but feel a little silly about it all. I'm just not ready for him to have a girlfriend. But it's not you who has to be ready. He's the only one who has to be ready. I knew she was right. I knew it. But my selfish side didn't want to share Harry with anyone, even if she was just a young girl. I just hope he'll want to spend time with me when he's all grown up, I lamented. He will. I know he will, she re reassured me. Just let me feel sorry for myself for a little while more, just for tonight. I promise I'll stop pouting about after a few more glasses of this wine and good night's sleep. Fine, she answered, but I gotta tell you, I'm getting a little tired of ducking out of parties and coffee shops. Next time you're on your own. Moira served up the pasta, of which I ate little. We talked, and rather than watching a movie, we ended up sitting on the couch thinking up themes for her next get-together. We brought the evening to a close by discussing the possibility of me going off to Italy. When Harry came home from his friend's house, I didn't ask him any questions at Moira's request that I not be overbearing, nosy mother. So I simply kissed him goodnight and went to bed. As my head hit the pillow and I closed my eyes, I envisioned myself as an old woman, huddled up in a white shawl, sitting, or rather rocking, by a window, waiting and rocking, rocking and waiting, wondering if Harry would be coming home soon. Aww. <laughs> Her little baby. Her baby's growing up. He has a girlfriend. He has wow. a girlfriend. Wonder how shocking that is when parents realize that their kids now I don't have children yes how was it for you as a mom I think it. you know what I thought it would be worse for me but I think it was worse for my kids because they know I have such strict morals about things okay. so I think you know they would they were a little bit scared to actually introduce me to anybody oh interesting yeah okay. so and you didn't catch any in a like a lie, like no, like uh, no. Angel caught caught Harry. No, yeah. So there was one girl that my oldest son, and you're gonna laugh at this, okay? So there was one thing that she did or didn't do that was it for me. I was like, no, no, not her. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, we were having dinner. I invited her to stay for dinner. I just met her. And we went into the dining room. We had a, somebody else was over, I think, but we had to eat in the dining room because it was bigger. And she sat down and um, she had her phone beside her. So she looked at her phone a couple of times. I just thought, okay, my kid's going to do that too. Mm -hmm. But um, at the end of the meal, she didn't help with anything. Okay. She didn't help me. She didn't ask if I wanted help with anything. Yeah. Um. After dinner, she didn't ask if I needed. Like she didn't offer to to do anything to help. And do my kids offer? No. No. <laughs> so am I being completely sexist? Probably. Yeah. But I was brought up differently. Uh, yeah. So and was I. whether yeah. it's a, a boy or a girl. Yeah. And I always tell my kids, I hope you don't go over to somebody's house 
and not, and not like you know even, even the way they cut their their meat i'm like i hope you use your knife like you know <laughs> like things like that and i hope you offer to help like i always say that i think they're much more polite at somebody else's house yeah. but she just sat there and she looked at her phone and she just how long had he been dating her not like, too long not too long so i didn't say anything but a couple of days later he says because i don't know i didn't see him for a couple of days we were kind of passing and he says what did you think of so and so and i looked at him he says it's okay mom you can tell me we're not gonna we're not going out anymore uh -huh. I said, that was pretty short he goes yeah and i said i'm gonna tell you what bothered me oh and i told him yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you see, wasn't that great that you kind of held back and it yeah. kind of... I, I can't believe I held back. Yeah, Mother Nature took care of it. It's yeah, her... but but I think it was because I didn't have time to talk to him about it because right. I would have. Yeah. I would have questioned... I wouldn't have said I don't like her because yeah. I, I, I can't say I don't like her because I didn't know her. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't like that she wasn't um, helpful. Or a little because, more social. Yeah. Like... Um... I, because that says something. To yeah. me, when you say to somebody at, at their house, can I help you? Let me, and you, I, I don't even ask. I just start gathering up dishes. Yeah. But I, that's the way I think people should be. Yeah. Right? Especially and when you're trying to get to know somebody else's I'm, family. I'm sorry. Yeah. You should be trying to impress me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, and you're a potential boyfriend. You yeah. You know, like a potential long-term yes. relationship. Yes. So, but I think it's great that he found out on his own. Yeah, he did right? actually. He did. So, I don't think, I think it was, kind of, it was, I almost feel like he was testing me mm, to see what I would find acceptable. Yeah. 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 You well, know, that's okay. Yeah. But it, it, it's interesting because uh, she doesn't address it with Harry now, but uh, you know, maybe at some point this is going to be in another chapter or something. Obviously something is brewing there and, yes. and it'll be interesting to see Young how, love. Uh, yeah. And it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how restrained Angel how much, how long she can contain herself and restrain herself from not talking to Harry, yeah, right? Yeah. So like, writing that, I guess that's not really like me. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go a little bit outside of what I'm yeah, like and what well, I think, right? Good, Obviously, yeah. you have Living to create characters. Yeah. You, you have to create characters that aren't all like you, yeah. right? <laughs> but um, there was this Starbucks quote, and I wanted to read it to you because okay. it's at the beginning of the chapter. Yeah. And tell me what you think about this. Success in life is that your kids want to spend time with you once they've grown up. Oh, I love that. Isn't it true? That's yeah. Paul Orphalia, founder of Kinkos. Remember Kinkos oh, Coffee? Kinkos, oh yeah. Yeah, that wow. company. Yeah, he said that. Isn't no. that true though? It is. It is. I mean, of course, normal teenage stuff. You're trying to individuate from your family, trying to find your own. You, know, you don't way. want your parents to know your stuff yeah, and your business. Right, because you think, oh, I'm the only one that's ever gone through this, yeah. you know, or like my parents wouldn't understand. Yeah. And, and then, uh, you know, later on in life, it's true. I, I think my mom later on in life became like one of my best Friend. friends, yeah. you know, whereas yeah. my mother and I were oil and water, mm -hmm. you know. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, later on in life, like once I moved out and started having my own life and, you know. You appreciate more. I, yeah. yeah. And then and I, you grow you know, up. And you grow up and, and, you know, you start hearing her voice, you know, yes. like I hear her voice even to this day, you know, yes. I still hear her voice in my head, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, no. I'm thinking about a story that you told me, which one, <laughs> which nails. one I know I've told you, the nails, oh, the nails, oh my gosh, <laughs> the nail polish and how your mom got yeah. mad, you were, didn't, it, you, no, you got your mom, nails, was my your uncle. neighbor, I thought your neighbor, oh, it was like your me? uncle that got mad, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so and funny, he oh my said, gosh. what are you doing, where are you not? 
nail you know, polish. Nail polish, and it was like this light pink. <laughs> it was, it was like yeah. But in those days, and you know, like, this is the thing. The, in those days, right? Yeah. So trying to instill what's proper. Yeah. Even nail polish, like, like it, which is silly like, to us now. Yes, exactly. But in those, like yeah. you know, like it, it, it's interesting what's considered acceptable and proper and right. proper behavior, yes. particularly for girls. Yes, right, yeah. exactly. Like yeah. I was always expected to clear the table. Yeah, I don't think but my not, brother ever cleared the table. Oh, so now I'm going to tell you a little quick one. I okay, have, I have a younger brother. Okay, and uh, much younger than me, like yeah. 16 years younger than me. Yeah. And, um, you know, my mom would say, uh, go make your brother's bed once he was out of the crib. <laughs> oh, no way. Once really? he was out of the crib. So this oh, is out of I, the crib. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. but I mean, and he had his own bed. Right. Right? Okay. And when he had his own bed. Right. You know, and he Are you a lot older than your brother? 16 years older. Okay. Right? All right. So, All right. So I was still at home, you know, when he started kindergarten or let's say okay. he was five or whatever. Right. right. And... Um, my mom would say things like, go make your brother's bed. I said, why? <laughs> what did you say? Why? Really? Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm not making his bed. Yeah. You know, I said, uh, and she goes, well, he's a boy. I said, are you kidding me? You made me make my bed from when I was like five years old. You know, like, yeah. why can't he? Well, he's a boy. Well, that doesn't cut it for me. Mm-hmm. And my brother made his own bed. There you go. But my, but that was one of the things, but that's you know, the thing, like, right? and I'm like, no, yeah, you know, and then my brother, you know, now my brother is the one that cooks and cleans and, you I know, think has it's because over. you made him make his own bed. I think so. <laughs> you didn't make his bed. So <laughs> then he became more independent. Yeah. Like, you so know, but, funny. but my oh mother, <laughs> but my mother kind of accepted that. Like, it yeah. was really it's weird. A, it's like, I'm going to change your way of thinking yes, about this mom. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. why? I, and she said, well, he's a boy. Well, one day he might live on his own, mom, and he needs to know how to make his bed, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and it yeah. was, and I guess, I think that kind of made sense to her, although yes. she still had to be mom, you know, yes. and I said, no, I'm not making it, and I refused to make it. Good for you. And so, and and he, you know, he started making it. Yeah. He started making his own bed. Yeah. So it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. And then years later, flash forward, maybe two or three years when he was in grade one or grade two, he had to write a, a paper and he wrote a paper on uh, a women's lib he didn't he did and uh, and he said I, I live with three daughter uh, three sisters he said uh, yeah no yeah well my other one, sister was still too tiny he goes I have two older sisters he said yeah do you he said man you know like you can't get anything <laughs> you can't get away with anything with them you know like yeah, yeah. and the teacher phoned the house and spoke to me because my mom really didn't speak English yes. you know, very well. But she spoke to me and she said, I just want to thank you. She goes, I have to tell you about this little <laughs> this little essay your brother wrote. Yes. And that he attributes it that he's, you know, yeah. he understands about women's lip because yeah. of you and your other sister. Yes, and I'm like, oh. yes. I think there's something to be said for boys growing up with sisters. Because yeah. my brother, I mean, did he clear the t- He did sometimes, yeah. probably. Of I don't course, even yeah. remember. But my I just mother, remember in yeah. particular, my mom would expect me to do it, right? Yeah. But my brother ended up being very good, like very respectful of women and very... Yeah. Like, and I'm sure... And he, and he doesn't... You don't see any kind of like, he cooks, she cooks. Like, yeah. there's no like... 
Real set rules. huge definitive yeah. rules about yeah. like I think there is what more men? in my family yeah. but I also don't like when people are my way yeah like yeah. so when I'm trying to like clean up I don't like like everybody's yeah. trying to but like bring dishes take, right exactly yeah. so I think it uh, it depends every family is different and you got to do what works for you yes right exactly yeah families families families, families yes yes well, you know what? We're already at about 35 minutes, so why don't we just leave it at that? Okay. I think we've had a great conversation yeah. about this. Thank you for letting me read it, too. You're welcome. It was, uh, it I, was I great. wanted to tell you something, though, that I almost forgot to mention. There was one part when it describes Moira, and um, it was saying that she, how energetic she was and all this kind of stuff, and how she was with her students, mm. and how they couldn't help but like her. Yeah. And as you're reading it, or maybe I was the one. No, you were reading that part. Um, I'm like, that's you too. Me? That's you. <laughs> that it was like, and I guess I had never thought about it when I first wrote this book. I don't think I knew you very well then. No. At that time, or maybe so. not at all. Probably not. What year was it? 2012-ish. It was before 2012 when I was writing it. So I, met, I don't no, know if I, I knew think, you that well or even we, at all. Yeah. So, but as you were reading it, it was the weirdest thing. I was like, that's you too. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because well, your students that you worked with yeah. all loved you. Well, because I, I know, And I know this because they told me. Oh, and I loved them. Yeah, I know you, you know, did. Like I, yeah. I uh, you know, I really enjoyed. Yes. Um, working with students. Yeah. Working so did with I. Them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I think people can tell, right? Yeah. Like, like you said. When you're in education... You're there for them. Yes, exactly. Contrary to what I think sometimes this happens in education, where the adults sometimes start to think it's about them. Yeah. It's really not. It's not. You know, and, not. and we have to kind of remember that. Yeah. And sometimes we have to remind people about that too. Yes, exactly. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Because like you said, people get away from that. Yes. Like over the years, right? They yes. forget. Yes, they, maybe they forget why they're... Well, sometimes people think they're doing right by kids when they're actually doing not doing right at all. At all. By yeah. kids, right? Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. Well, it sounds like Angel, you know, at this point in time is... She's doing the right thing. Harry, she's doing she's the right, right thing. thing. She's allowing Harry to... But it sounds like she's growing too, right? Yes. She she's, is. But she's already thinking about her next phase in life, right? Yes. The next well, phase, right? Because, well, because her son is growing up. He now. is. And now she's thinking about love a little bit too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Well, I don't know if she would have thought about love if she hadn't at this point point in time exactly because um she ran into him. But right. he was, if you recall, there was that one guy, Colin, that she kind of oh, thought right. was and Rishi, both who yes. she thought oh, was Rishi. good looking. That's right. Those two guys yeah, at the, the party. Two guys. At the yeah. party. Yeah. yeah. So she may have gone out with one of them if they had asked her out. Yeah. She may Maybe have they will. <gasps> Still. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm giving you a little hint of something come. that may happen or Mordica may not. Or may not. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Julia, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank and you for having me. That's a great. I love your insights. I really, really appreciate them. You're actually making me see things about the characters that I actually hadn't even really thought about. Oh. You know? I, I'm a very, I'm a deep person in case you Yes, you are. You're also a lot of fun. Even though these are fictional, <laughs> yes. you know, and yes. I get it. Yeah. But it's it's about 
real life. It I is. Mean, it's it relationship. That's exactly it. Right. It's not. It's yeah. kind of a rom com, but at but, the same time, yeah, it does delve into relationships, and it delves as the book goes on. It delves yeah. more and more mm-hmm. into relationships. Yeah, you'll see. Okay. I hope you come back. Oh well, will you be you a guest again? Me? Sure, I would love to. Okay, in a later chapter, I'll sure. pick a really good one. Okay. <laughs> Okay. One of my favorite. I mean, they're all pretty good, yeah. but you know, yeah. there's some that are my favorites. Yes. I'll okay. pick a favorite. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Julia, thanks okay. so much. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you for the next episode, episode four of Not Just Any Other Story. This is Anita Capri signing off. <laughs>